0: Chloe brown and you have just tuned in to the barnabas speaks podcast welcome 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 if you enjoyed that new theme music that intro music did you hear it uh we're really trying to take it up that was uh written and produced by uh mike brown productions uh you can find them at mbproductions.ent on uh on instagram mbproductions.ent uh, for all of your your, your music needs uh, They do uh, beats uh, They do uh, soundtracks if you will And I, I reached out to him And uh, uh, Michael Brown And I reached out to him And uh, asked him to create a, a A intro song for our podcast And I am just grateful and I like it And, I, and I'm thankful for it uh, And if you're looking for a, a young black business support, uh, he is a young black man in college. Uh, he also has music. Uh, he has the a new EP out called He's Gotta Have It, uh, a Mike Brown joint. He's Gotta Have It. Uh, definitely check it out on iTunes or wherever you get your music from. Now, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. Uh, another week, another week. I hope everyone's well. I know that we're still dealing with a lot we're still dealing with the coronavirus and covid and social distancing and while the country is slowly opening up we still have some things to deal with uh while the country is opening up doesn't mean that your job is opening up uh doesn't mean that the reality of your finances has changed and so i I want you to know that we are praying for you here at the barnabas speaks podcast and uh, we are additionally we are concerned about you but uh, on top of that we are in a a interesting place for race relations for those of you for this is your first time hearing this my name is cloyd brown i am an african-american i am a black man i am a proud black man i am proud of my heritage i'm proud of my skin i'm proud of everything but with that it comes some challenges it comes with uh we have what people call as a the, the original sin of america or their darkest sin uh, as it pertains to slavery and racism, and oftentimes we talk about it as if it's a thing in the past. While slavery is no longer an issue, we still deal with uh, racism. We still deal with all those things that continue to 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 plague our world, and we cannot act as if they are no they are not a problem, it's not an issue, or that is a thing of the past. Because it is a very very present challenge, uh, and it's a present challenge because it, it went unchecked, it went undealt with for so long. Uh, uh, because uh, there's a certain benefit that happened from it, uh, from slavery, from Jim Crow, from, from racism, or whether you want to call it white privilege, uh, whether you want to call it uh, just certain uh, male privilege. Because at the same time as we talk about the challenges with race relations, uh, we still have to consider that. I think about the intersectionality of the black woman who is a double minority who must deal with being a woman in the 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 patriarchal society that they are in, but then also being black and then to the, the systematic racial structure that they are in. And so we, there are a lot of things that uh, we want to touch on and deal with. And I've been really praying and vacillating on what to speak on and because i'm an african-american and i'm considering everything that's going on i would be remiss to not use my small platform my small podcast uh, that uh that i have dedicated listeners to and i'm proud of you uh, but i'd be Remissive, I did not speak on the issues at hand, but I also, being that I am a Christian man, being that I am uh, a proclaimer of the gospel, being that I have been ordained to to preach the word of God and to share the word of God and to spread the gospel, I cannot just neglect that portion of it. Uh, And so I've really been thinking about uh, a a few weeks ago, uh, not a few weeks ago, last week, I had the pleasure of dealing with, uh, or dealing, or, or a leading Bible study for my church here in Raleigh, uh, where pastor, it's called Renewing Life Church, we're here in South, we meet in Southeast Raleigh, right now we are, are doing everything virtual like the rest of the world, and uh, it's in Southeast Raleigh, and our pastor is Pastor Leonard Ravenel, and he gave me the opportunity to, to speak, and I spoke about Repentance, and I, talk, I spoke about the the sin, uh, repentance, and what does it mean to apologize, and what does it mean to repent, uh, and I, I, I want to kind of talk about it some more, and where I started off was is, in the book of Luke, in the book of Luke, uh, you two will all perish, or those eighteen who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, or the vineyard, depends on how you want to say it, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Serve, the man replied. Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. I want to focus on the point where Jesus tells, says that we must repent or perish. And so last week in Bible study, I spoke on the fact that America must repent. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very fluid uh, Bible study. I, I was given what God had given me for the people, for America, and for my fellow Christians, my fellow African-American Christians, my fellow white Christians, my fellow Asian, my fellow Hispanic christians in general uh that are american and i this week i i watched as a very influent, influential uh, evangelist televangelist uh great voice in the christian church who happened to be caucasian and he began to talk about some things uh, he began to talk about slavery and the tone in which he said it I, when i say tone i don't mean the his tone of voice but the tone and how he delivered it it came off as slavery was bad get over it it came off as that we all had sin we all have sin we need to get over it and seemed to brush aside the the horrific past that was slavery and He dressed it up as that if you're talking about this, you must hate America. And the reality of it, it began to draw away from the position that no one said that they hated America. We would not be fighting for equality in this place to make it better if we hated it. I think that we, uh, this is a little aside and I want, I want to be, be very clear is that the fact is that we are fighting for equality, but we are fighting for an improvement of the status quo. We as, as, as people, everyone that is on the, on the, on the side of, of making racism die, of, of killing racism, of killing systematic racism, to, to, of killing the systems that perpetuate a racist society and a racial divide we're not doing it because we don't like it here we're not doing it because there's some some, uh, uh, ulterior motive to tear down america and if 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 the media is telling you that if politicians are telling you that or if white supremacists are telling you that they are misunderstanding no one works on something to try to improve it to get it better without the without a a a fondness for, for the 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 idea of what it is you see the, the 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 what the whether i we must realize that because of the the of the historical context of what the the declaration of independence and the constitution of the united states and the bill of rights the context of what they were written it was not inclusive of african americans or blacks or people of color because we were seen as second class citizens. In fact, we weren't even seen as citizens. If you go through the, you you ask me, how do I know that? Historically, if you go through Supreme Court cases, uh, the Dred Scott decision and all those things, it it continues, or the the three-fifths of a man, it continuously proved to to us or showed to us uh, the, the, the black race that we were not seen as citizens, and we were not even seen sometimes as as, as humans. That's not a debatable thing. It, it, is, it is historically proven. Now, with that, we understand that, but we also understand, because we understand historical context, because we understand, because we are now able to educate and we understand the premise and the foundation of what America was built on. On the promises that it was built on, the the the, the promise of, of, of equality, the promise of, of, of um, the right to pursue life and happiness, and the, the pursuit of happiness, we, these promises that were that that were there, that we that we that all men are created equal, that we we hold certain in inel- inalienably inalienable, ah, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not gonna get the word today, so forgive me, I, I stumble, but I want I'm, I'm on a float and I do not want to start this podcast over. But we have certain rights. We have certain rights that have been given to us. Not given to us, but promised to us. And it is is written in a way that says that we earn these rights. It is our birthright. And we believe in those ideals the same way that everyone else. True patriotism is the desire to see those ideals become true for every citizen of this nation. So, I, I spent all that time on that little aside to say that no one is saying that they hate America. What we're saying is that we hate racism. What we're saying is that we hate the systematic the, the systematic racism. What we're saying is, is that the systems in place are, have not been, not just reformed, but torn or abolished. To build up in such a way to where the promises of of, of 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 the Bill of Rights, the promises of the Constitution, the promises of the Declaration of Independence mean and hold the same weight and same value for every citizen of this country. No one ever said they hate America. We hate racism. We hate the systems in there, but. So this this, uh, this this is what this this preacher says. This evan- evangelical preacher says, and evangelical pastor says. And then, after the backlash, he doesn't really apologize, but he acknowledges that he misspoke. And as I was discussing last week, an apology is not repentance. Let me say that again. An apology is not repentance. We as Christians, if we are true believers in, in in Jesus Christ, if we are true believers that that Jesus Christ came down to this earth and he and he and he lived on this earth and that he, he performed miracles and that he was uh, he was crucified um, he was crucified dead and buried and then on the third day he rose with all power in his hands if that is our confession we have also have a confession to repent this is what jesus is saying in luke chapter 13 this is the gospel this is luke This is these the red letters he said that that it is not that yours is not that that no one sin worse than the other person but if you do not repent you too shall perish and America must repent. And repentance is not an apology. It's not even an acknowledgement. Repentance means to literally turn in a different direction. And... America has had detours, but it never has turned in a different direction. Yes, we have moved away from slavery, but we have not turned in a different direction. Yes, Jim Crow is different, but we have not tore down the systems. When you repent, when you repent, when you go through the metamorphosis of repentance, when you go from the metamorphosis of being a, 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 a heathen, a heathen is a person that, that that does not know God. They have no hope. They're without hope. When you go from heathen to Christian, when you go from heathen to born again believer, when you go from someone that's outside of, the, of the, the, the shelter of the almighty and you go into being into the shelter of almighty, there is a process. That's why I said that you must be born again, because what, you, what, we, what, what the process of becoming a Christian, what the process of becoming like Christ is, is tearing, tearing down. And tearing away all the things that are not like christ tearing away it is not hiding what's not like christ it's not putting dirt over what's not like christ it is literally the tearing away it is if you actually think about uh, the, the, that we must go into the refine the, the refiners fire so that we can be refined like gold and so when gold is put into the fire it literally burns the fire literally burns away all the blemishes from the gold So that when it comes out, it's pure gold, and and the Bible says that we must go into the refiner's fire, so that we may come out as pure gold. Mm -hmm. That what we're saying is that we we can no longer cover it up with quote unquote being good. We must repent. We must turn. We must look different. Than we have ever looked before. If, if we as America is going to repent, if not, we too shall perish. This is what the Bible is saying. This is what the Bible is saying. I don't care what the, what, the, what someone in the political office said. I don't care what that the president said that he feels that he does not have to ask for forgiveness. That's not Bible. And I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. Feel free to. I feel free to say this. If you are. Telling me that someone is a Christian but they don't believe in, in in forgiveness and asking God for forgiveness and repentance, then there's something missing, and there, there there has to be a confession. There must be a confession of your sin. You must ask God to forgive you. This is this is this is salvation one on one. So how can you tell me that someone's a Christian? But they've never they they said out of their mouth that they feel no need to ask for God for forgiveness because they feel like being good is enough. Being good is not being godly. We understand that because there are going to be good people. There are people that live good lives, but have not confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Has not confessed that they that they are sinners saved by grace. They have not confessed that that, that, that that they that they were born in iniquity. At birth, we'd ha- we had a need to ask for forgiveness. And Christ can't make you do it. You, you have to allow him to do it. I mean, no, I'm sorry. C- Christ can't make you do it. You, you, you have to allow him to do it. You have to ask him to forgive you. Forgiveness is not just willy-nilly with you automatically get it. I don't care what they call about universalism, all that thing that people say that you, you, you're you born saved, you're not born saved, that you you can't. There's a choice. God will not uh, uh, disrupt or break his law of free will. So he gives us free will and we must function in the, the ability of free will and through our free and willing confession. That's another aside. But America must repent, and it means to turn your way. It means to change your way. So what you're seeing now is what we're asking, kind of like Martin Luther King said, what only thing we're saying is to be true to who you said you were on paper. Be true to who you said you were on paper. We're tired. And if I'm being honest, if I'm being completely honest, I've, I am a very observant person. And I've watched friends, brothers and sisters in arms. I've watched their silence, but I've also watched their loudness. And I've watched Christian silence and we we the, the body of Christ should be screaming loud for justice for all people but we're not and it hurts it hurts for you to call me brother and it hurts for you to call me that for me to call you brother and me to call you sister and you to say that we are we are brothers sisters in the lord but when you, when you see me hurting it doesn't affect you. You don't stand for the cause of your brother or sister. It hurts. How can you? How 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 can you love me? This is Christ now speaking. How can you love me who you've never seen? But not show love for your brother. There, there is also a scripture where the where the, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees seeking to to cause Christ to stumble. They asked, on which. Which, which which, commandment is the greatest? And Jesus responds, The greatest commandment is to love your God, to love the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he then parenthetically adds this. The second is likened unto the first, which means the second is just as important as the first that you would love your neighbor as yourself how can you say that you are a Christian how can you say that you are all and like Christ but be so silent at the sight of my pain to be so silent and in, in, in the faces of when I'm I'm showing you and I'm telling you that, that, that this system of systematic racism is prevalent and you deny that I'm even telling the truth, that you deny that my experiences are ever even right, that you deny that there's an issue. You tell me that systematic racism can't be, can't exist because we've had we, we had a black president. If that's not racism, I don't know what it is. There was literally a politician that said, America, they said America has paid back or they (coughs) apologized or they mended the 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 sin of slavery and the the damage and the hurt that they've done to the black community by allowing President Obama to be president. This is a politician. And what scares me the most is that I, I was thinking and I was meditating on today and meditating on all the things that are going on, and I realized while the conservative party, the Republican Party, considers themselves to be a Christian party, I have come to the conclusion that conservative and liberal have very little to do with with morals and principles, but have more to do with money. It has less to do with, can I explain? If you actually look at the actions, not what it says on paper, but the actions of the, the, the conservative Republican Party and the liberal Democratic Party. It is how they choose to spend money on programs. It is not about morals. It is not about about uh, about about Christian values. They spin on the, the Conservative Party spins conservatively on programs, and the the Democratic Party spins liberal on programs. I'm not talking about what they say they do on paper. I am talking about what they have shown us. And to, to quote the the, the poet. The, the, the late poet Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Because if the conservative Republican Party was truly about Christian values, there'd be a lot of things that that, that would be that would be turned around. There'd be a lot of people, some of the racist rhetoric that we put and that we, we cover it up with, with patriotism and we cover it up with, with with nationalism and and say that we, we, we cover it up and we and, and, as those things, but it's not racist. And we cover it up and and, and we, we do all this. We we start being talking about snowflakes and and the the the, the, the season of offense and they offended this and the offended of that and and name calling this and name calling that. It is not about values. It's not about morals. Because we don't take we don't take out when it becomes. The the, 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 the the Republican Party and how I watched, not really watched because I was so young at the time, but as I, I read and I heard about how the Republican Party just felt that President President Clinton uh, uh, being unfaithful to his wife was just the most unmoral and, and unpresidential thing ever. But we don't... but. At the same time, there's senators and, and conservative talk, and pundits and conservative uh, talk show hosts that had several wives and had divorces and didn't take care of their kids and had, had uh, secret love childs, children rather. And nothing is said, it's brushed under the rug. This is the conservative party. It's not about morals. It's not about values, no matter what they t- try to tell me. And if we're being honest, the Democratic Party is not the party of, of, of black people. They've done damage, too. We know about the, the, the Clinton crime bill. I mean, the, the, we, we know about one, Biden's crime bill. But we also know about the super predators that Hillary Clinton said. We, we know we have this history. And the real reality is that whether it's Republican or Democrat, America has never repented, and so we, we are consistent to see the cycle. If we watch, if we look at the Bible, and we look at at the the the. the The nation of Israel, we continue to see them go through the same sin cycle over and over again because they never turned from their ways. They always returned back to their ways. And what what, what repentance is, is to literally change your way, to change your mind, change your way of thinking. We need, we do not need a reform. We need a rebirth. We need repentance. We need we need for the the, the, the policing system to look different. We need for the, the the governmental system to look different. We need for the justice system to look different. We need for the the, the way that we think about uh, the prison and rehabilitation to look different. We need we need the way that we, we vote to be different. We we need the way the the social work system to be different because it is it was built on on a premise of white supremacy. It was built on and on the premise of systematic racism, even to the point of education. Because to this day, we're st- we are still using systems and methods that was birthed during a time where America will admit was some of their darkest times as it came to race relations. But we're still using those systems. We are still being we're still dealing with red line districts when it comes to voting. We're still dealing with these things and so as America is trying to, to reform, we don't need a reform we need a repentance. we need a change in the mindset. we need a change in the way that we think. We need a change in the way that we approach things. It's about repentance. We need a rebirth, not a re- reformation. because when you come in when you are coming into Christ, you are literally asking Christ, this is the this is Bible that we quote all the time. Let this mind be in me that is also in Christ Jesus. In order to put on the mind of Christ, you must lose your mind. I'll say that slowly. In order to put on the mind of Christ, you must first lose your mind. Until you lo- lose your mind, Christ's mind has nowhere to go. Until you, this is what we say in, in, the, in, in, the, uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is them thy will be done in order for god's will to be done we must lose our will in order for repentance to happen we must let go of the ways that we have that we have built up that we have that we have that we have collected over the times of our lives america you have to let go of these things so that you can truly repent if we're going to change direction. Because America said there was a Christian nation. America said it was founded on Christian values. But it's not enough to say that you are founded on Christian values if you don't live out the values you said you were founded on. Because then your foundation is a farce. It's a lie. And so it's one of the two things it's either that is b- built on a lie or we must consider our foundation. And if it was and was truly built on Christian, uh, Christian foundation, Christian principles, then there's a crack in the foundation and we have to tear down the house, or we have to lift the house to fix the foundation because it's causing structural damage. And because the foundation wasn't right, because there was air, and because that there's termites in the walls, the house is crumbling. And if you do not repent, you shall perish. You have to change your ways. You have to consider your ways. And consider if those ways are of Christ. And I'm now speaking to my evangelical Christians. You cannot proclaim the gospel. You cannot proclaim that God is the creator. That he created every living thing. And that he created man in his image. Man. Man. Man encompassing both man and woman, that he created man in his image and denied certain men of a certain hue, of a certain color, the rights that you say every man deserves. There are some. Pastors and there's some churches that proclaim that they're multicultural churches, but they've been quiet. and They have not spoken out about the systematic racism that their multicultural church members are dealing with. I've heard you talk about abortion. I've heard you talk about same-sex marriage. I've heard you talk about uh, the, the porn industry. I've heard you talk about addiction. I've heard you talk about drugs. But you, but now when it comes to racism, you are silent. And there are people in your congregation that it affects. If we believe that same slavery is a sin, we believe that racism racism is a sin. Why not speak out against it? If our uh, our we have a responsibility to speak truth to power if we are the the, the, the Nathans and and we are the uh, the, the the Samuels and, and we are the Ezekiel's and we are the 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 Isaiah's and the Jeremiah's who go to the go to the the kings and speak truth no matter the consequences where are you? they there's an evangelical pastor that has been to to, to African American church at the African American church has a multicultural church mainly an all black church and you are an advisor to the to the president of the white house when will you speak truth so that way that you can call him out of his sin call call him out of his hypocrisy we as proclaimers of the gospel have a higher accountability because we are we are held accountable for the souls that are charged to us. You cannot be someone's advisor, spiritual advisor, and you be responsible for their souls' health, and you are not speaking the truth to power. We speak it so loudly for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of, 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 of courage. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. So If we're operating in fear of speaking truth to power, speaking the word of God to power, then we are not operating in the spirit of God. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self control, or sound mind. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. That's the spirit he gave us. And so if you're not speaking truth to power, if you have a seat at the table with those that are in charge and you are charged as their spiritual advisor, as their prophet. Samuel was Saul's prophet, not just his prophet, but his spiritual advisor. Nathan was David's spiritual advisor. If, you are not advising them spiritually out of fear. You're not operating in the spirit of God. We think that it's about social media posts and stuff like that. You have a seat and you have the ear of the king, you have the ear of the king, and you're silent. And you have to, you have to answer to God about that. I said what I said. Luckily, I, I, I don't have that big of a platform, so you can cancel me if you want. You can come for me if you want, but that's that's what it is. We have a responsibility. This is a, I remember growing up. I grew up in a Baptist church, and I'll never forget it. I, I went to. Zion Baptist Church is in Brunswick, Georgia. It was on the corner of G and Lee Street. Zion Baptist Church on the corner of G and Lee Street in Brunswick, Georgia. And i never forget my pastor, Alfred Jackson. Pastor Alfred Jackson, Reverend Alfred Jackson. And he would preach. And he would tear it down. He would preach. He would hoop. He would tune up. But when it came time, a soul time when it came time to open up the doors of the church to offer salvation so people can repent to change their ways to turn their way it was a seriousness on his face because he realized that soul work is one of the most serious and most important things that you can do in the church. And we, this is not about position. It's not about where you sit at the table. It's not about, you could say that you have this person's number in your phone. It is about making sure that if you are called to be somebody's pastor somebody's mentor somebody's advisor somebody's spiritual advisor that you take that so serious that your their soul is more important than your seat your their soul is more important than your worldly success I'm speaking now to everybody that will listen, everyone that plans on sharing, every person that, 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 that hears this, because I am concerned about the soul of America. America must repent. It must consider their ways, repent and turn. Repent means to turn from their ways. We have a responsibility as proclaimers of the gospel To spread the gospel. Because if if we had an opportunity to preach this simple message, repent or perish, and we did not take advantage of the opportunity to preach it, our only only obligation is to, to preach it and to live it. But our only obligation as preachers is to preach the gospel. God does the work. And we did not preach it. We did not share it. Even. God help me. Thank you Holy Spirit. When Saul got too far. And God washed his hands. And said that it grieves him. That he selected Saul. As his king. Samuel walked away. Because God was no longer with him. You're either with Christ or you're not. This is the, Here's the thing. Christ wasn't a silent man. I know that you look at this. And you look at the Bible. And we often paint the picture. Of God. Christ being this kind of hippie Christ for lack of better words phrase but that's not who Christ was he spoke truth to power we give this this this, this picture of when he's before Pontius Pilate not realizing that Pilate is the same Pilate that killed the the, the, the children that that killed these Galileans Galileans the same Pilate And he says, do you know how the power to, for you to live or die? And Christ stands up and says, you only have the power that's given to you from above. Boldly. This is not a time to be quiet, Christians. Because your silence can cost someone their soul and not just the person that you're attached to. But right now, there is a, there was a a great falling away of the church from the, the millennials and now the Gen Zers. Your stand may bring more people to church and you're worried about losing people Paul says that they departed of, uh, they departed from us, but they never, they never were a part of us. That's what Paul says. we have, we have to understand that there's going to be some that leave us. There's going to be some that leave us. I'm sorry, not Paul, but John. This is 1 John chapter 2 and 19. So let let me go back. It's 1 John. This is John saying, They went from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. If you stand up for justice, if you stand up for what's right, and people fall away, they were never with you. They were never part of you. I'm speaking to you, you, you the pastors, my, 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 my fellow proclaimers of the gospel. I'm speaking to you, my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm speaking to you, the business owners. You choose Christ first. Choose what's right first. We got to do better. We have to repent. And we're not telling, we're not pushing this, any agenda. And I'm not saying that everything is right with every organization. And I'm saying that, with, I'm not saying that we should throw away the organizations. But what I am saying is that we have to repent. And we're doing this not because we hate america we're doing it because we love america and we want to see it better and we have to tear down we have to lose our mind we have to be reborn not reformed reborn until next time remember Never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you. God love you. Have a great week.